0: Straight talk, genuine insights. It's the SC Policy Council, keeping its finger on the nerve of our state legislators. Live on the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers, Talk 94.5.
1: That's right, and joining us right now is Senior Policy Analyst Bryce Fielder. Good morning.
0: Hey, good morning, Liz. How are you?
1: Good, good. All right, this is a really big topic, especially here. We have a lot of hospitality workers here and owners of bars and restaurants. And um, I want to talk about this liquor liability insurance. And if you are going to be open past 5 p.m. you uh, and serve alcohol, beer, wine, or otherwise, you need to have this liquor liability insurance of $1 million or more. And the price on it shot up so high um, for some particular reason. Maybe you can explain why that reason uh, came to cause this uh, such heartache. But also, uh, I see on Next Door a lot of people complaining about bars being, um, you know, raising their prices on their food and how it's, you know, not right. But they really don't have any choice because of this liability insurance.
0: Yeah. So this is just a major problem that's been affecting business owners really across the state. They've come together over the last couple of months to really advocate for the legislature to do something about the insurance crisis that South Carolina is facing. So if, as you mentioned, here in South Carolina, if you're a business serving alcohol for on-site consumption past 5 p.m., you have to at least have a million-dollar liquor liability policy, and that is sort of a blanket rule that applies to all businesses. Um, one of the reasons that rates have been going up so much recently is because we have a liability system that basically allows businesses to be held liable for damages they did not necessarily cause. So I'll give you a quick example. We were watching a committee hearing where a business owner was talking about some of his experiences, and he told a story about one restaurant where a gentleman came in in the morning, he worked third shift, he ordered one beer, um, and then after that he went to four or five other restaurants and was all involved in a car accident. Like. 10 or 12 hours later, like sometime that evening. But sort of regardless of the fact, uh, in South Carolina, he was, or his restaurant rather, was still held liable for a quarter of a million dollar insurance claim. And so when you have all these insurance claims, uh, and for, for particularly high amount, that's going to drive up the cost of premiums because that's money that the insurance companies are having to pay out. And so it's really hurting businesses' bottom line. They're having to build those costs into the prices of food and drinks customers are seeing it, and so there's really a need to do something about this right now
1: now is that the dram shop laws
0: i'm not familiar with oh. the, the the name that it goes by but i do this this was a the million dollar law was a fairly recent one that they passed after i believe it was a uh dui, DUI fatality in the last maybe five to seven years mm-hmm. and so this is relatively speaking, somewhat of a new policy, but the sort of the liability law that I talked about, we've had that on the book since 2005. And Mm. that's the side of things that our organization at the Policy Council is advocating that they make changes to. Yeah,
1: because the dram shop laws allow these DUI victims and their families to sue the vendors or retailers for monetary damages. And that's kind of um, what's been going on. And we've seen that actually unfold in a spectacular way out of that out of that um, uh, wedding that was down in, um, I guess, uh, I forget the name of the island, John's Island or whatever, um, where that bride was uh, struck and killed in the back of that golf cart, the horrific accident that killed the bride right after uh, she got married. And so dram shop laws came into play because the, the person driving the vehicle worked in a bar, she may have had a drink, and everybody that she went to that day just like you described, um, was on the hook. And it's like, you know, hey, she, she had soda when she was here. Come on. And so um, the the problem is, is um, what are these small businesses going to do? Well, you know, they're asking their legislators to do something. And somebody actually suggested that South Carolina get into the insurance business? Is that?
0: Well, not just someone, but a coalition of, at least by my count, about ten. 10- House lawmakers, and in fact, they're talking about that bill for the second time this morning. So I'll quickly run through what that bill does. Our organization has raised a number of objections. Mainly, it sort of misdiagnoses the problem, um, and we'll sort of get into why that is. So uh, this would create a state-run liquor liability insurance program that is backed by taxpayers' money. And so that money would primarily come from the liquor by the drink. It is. Um, so that money would primarily come from the, from the liquor by the drink tax, which is a 5% additional tax that you pay if you order liquor at a restaurant that served to you sort of there in person. So that's, it would divert some of that money into this new program. It would create a new state fund to support the program. And then also getting into the issue that we were just talking about with the million dollar policy requirement, it would offer to reduce that policy requirement, but only for businesses that follow certain rules. So, for instance, if you close by 10 o'clock, it would reduce that policy requirement by $100,000, and then an additional $100,000 for every extra hour that you close all the way up to, like, 6 p.m., and it would even offer a bigger reduction for businesses that agree to uh, have their employees go through training, uh, potentially limit their drink specials, keep alcohol sales before a certain limit, um, and... You know, we, we think this could for some businesses have a positive effect, but it also almost feels like a roundabout way for the state to impose new requirements on businesses that they know are vulnerable and looking for relief. And so that that seems to be a problem from our position.
1: Well, you know, you you are then, you know, you, you're incentivizing certain behaviors that you want. And so, yeah. So then you are changing the behaviors of the business owners because, you know, you don't want them past open past 10 or whatever it may be. Uh, I don't like the dram shop laws at all. Like, I feel like it's, I, I don't think it's fair um, at all. I mean, I also despise, you know, drunk driving and, you know, the consequences of that. I just think there needs to be something better. Now, um, one of the things that you have talked with us about is the proportion of the, the, uh, uh, I guess, the uh, blame should be based on like a sliding scale like one business that they might have gone to would have a lesser percentage uh claim on them as as a larger business with that or a business that that person had more drinks at would have.
0: Yes, I mean the ideal sort of model is the is one of proportional liability where if you are 25% at fault for an injury and there are multiple parties involved then you would pay of the damages. Um, That is not the situation that we have in South Carolina. Here, even if you are just partially at fault, you can be potentially held liable for the entire verdict. Um, And there's a a more aggressive um, exemption to that rule for businesses serving alcohol Where if you're a bar, a restaurant, a gas station, anywhere that's selling or where alcohol is involved, um, you can technically be held liable for the entire bill, even if you are just 1% 1% at all. Wow. Wow. And so the good mm-hmm. news is there is a bill on the Senate side, the Senate has been taking this issue a little bit more seriously, in our, in our opinion, that would strike that rule that I just talked about that's special to uh, involving alcohol. Uh, and it would also basically, in the event that there's a civil case with multiple parties involved, it would require juries to also look at non-parties who may have settled before when it comes to thinking about who's responsible. And the sort of effect of that is there would be fewer businesses that are held disproportionately liable. So it's a good change. It doesn't completely reform the system or get rid of the system that we have, but it would fix us a number of problems.
1: Well, it seems like if they can figure that out, maybe that could bring down the insurance rates. Is is that what you're thinking?
0: I, I, it would have to, right? Because at that point, there would be fewer claims being paid out because the business bills, Mm -hmm. the businesses more often are being either not held financially liable, or if they are, the damages are at least proportional to what their actual responsibility is. So that's less insurance claims that are being paid out. And then obviously the insurance companies are going to take that into consideration when they're calculating their premiums. I just, I'm trying to remember the, the, the source of this, but there was a state report, I think it was through maybe the Department of Insurance recently, that basically quoted the insurance companies as saying uh, liquor liability insurance is just not profitable in South Carolina right now. and So that's the, that's the problem, that's one of our objections with this insurance bill is the state is, is sort of throwing its hands up and going, well, for one reason or another, private insurer, insurers aren't offering affordable insurance but it never asked the question for why that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in our position, you know, that's because of our liability laws are just driving up those premiums.
1: I mean, even if the state were to decide whether or not, you know, to get involved in this insurance business, I, it seems to me that it, that's putting all of us on the line, all the taxpayers. Like, it doesn't even make sense. So, how, how, who are the people that are, you know, is it a bipartisan or a, is it Republican? Is it Democrat sponsored?
0: There are. I'd have to go back and look at the bill sponsors. There, there are definitely Republicans on that that list. And and I got to tell you that, not surprising. And if you followed and as you know, sort of politics here. That's just kind of how things go. This is actually a pretty standard sort of proposal from our state house here. And and I do want to say, I mean, I I think there are good intentions behind this. I do think there are people in both the House and the Senate that um, earnestly really do want to address this issue. We just don't think this is the right approach. I mean, really what this is, this is a government solution
1: Mm -hmm. to a
0: government-caused problem. And this would put taxpayers' money on the line for fixing it.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I always love the line where, Oh, don't worry the the taxes will be paid by the tourists that are coming in, or this bill will be paid because it's 5% per drink. You know uh, it's not, it's not right. It's um. it doesn't seem like it will end well. And I don't want to be on the hook for someone's drinking problem. I, I have no, a big it, like- problem with dram shop anyway. Like I really do. I, I really have to be convinced that this is this makes sense that you would, you know, you how can you control what's going on when you don't know where this person has was drinking before you need to know the weight of the person, their metabolism, you need to know where how many other places did they go drinking? Then you have to I don't know if you've ever had this problem in your life. You try and tell someone who's drunk that you're not serving them anymore. That's always fun. That's happened to me. It's not. It's not easy to do that as a business owner.
0: No, I mean, and you're exactly right. And there was a um, business owner from Greenville testifying at one of these committee hearings, and he basically said, "You know, I appreciate what you guys are trying to do. I can control everything within my company, within my doors, but I can't control the law or the actions of others. And the issue that we have right now is the law is designed to fu- to find fault at basically every stage in the process." Mm-hmm even if you're doing everything that you can to play by the rules. And that's just fundamentally unfair.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And and we take it off the person who actually is committing the crime, which is the alcoholic or the binge drinker or whatever, the drunk. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, Bryce, is there anything else you'd like to add before we go?
0: Yeah, just quickly, there is a committee looking at uh, 16 different bills dealing with judicial selections this week. Right. Uh, we see that as a promising development. There's a number of pretty solid bills in there, including S-178. I just want to kind of shout that out from the from the herd. Uh, we've talked about this kind of a lot over the last couple of weeks, but this would overhaul the, the Judicial Merit Selection Commission. Um, And specifically, it would prohibit legislators, their immediate families, or their business associates, their business associates from serving on the commission that nominates judges. And so that would really do a lot. In our view, to reduce some of the conflicts of interest that have been plaguing our judicial system. So, the Senate is looking at uh, a number of those bills on Wednesday, and we're going to do everything we can to push the good ones through.
1: All right. Sounds good. To find out more, you can go to scpolicycouncil.org or uh, where do people find The Nerve?
0: At TheNerve.org. And you can sign up for emails for both sites just there on the front page. And also, you can find us on social media at Facebook and Twitter at the Policy Council and the NERV.
1: All right, Bryce Fielder, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Thanks, Liz.